to all you fish enthusiasts out there. Whether you're an avid angler or just curious about fish, we'd like to welcome you to Fish of the Week, your audio almanac of all the fish. It's Monday, February 27th, 2023, and we're on a week-by-week tour of fish across the country with guests from all walks of life. I'm Katrina Liebeck with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in Alaska. And I'm Guy Eero. This week I'm perched on high. I'm yelling about this week's fish. It's the yellow perch. And I am very pleased to introduce our guest, a Midwestern connoisseur and lover of yellow perch, a Friday night fish fry expert, Aaron Huggins. So welcome, Aaron. Hello. First time guest, long time listener. Excited to be a part of the show. My wife has actually been on the show and I've been jealous ever since she made her guest appearance as I believe her title was a- Fish Enthusiast. Um, guys or- too. <laughs> Nice. Guys are fish. We're actually, we all are. But yeah, she, Holly was on for American Eel. She was. Yeah, that's my life. I get to claim her. She's yeah, that's both of you. That's awesome. <laughs> well, what part of the Midwest are you from? So I grew up around the Illinois-Wisconsin border. My family's all from Wisconsin and Minnesota. I have this like spiritual connection with this fish. So I was like really stoked to get and excited to come on and talk about the fish and my family's connection and the Wisconsin tradition of the yellow perch. That's awesome. Well, we did talk about walleye. How do you feel about them? Well, you compare know, and contrast. They're great. They're walleye. Don't discriminate. Have eaten many of them, but yellow perch, aka lake perch, aka the people's fish. It's the champagne of fishes. It's a barb <laughs> above a walleye. So. Aaron, you kind of know the drill before we get into how to go about eating this fish. We want to get to know it a little bit first. I want you to pretend you've just caught a yellow perch. You're thankful for the meal to come. You've got it in your hands. How are you going to hold it, number one? And what does it look like? Okay, okay. So they're not big. A good one to keep and eat is around like 8 inches to 12 inches. That's a good keeper. So they're not very big. They're kind of long and slender. Can get some girth to them, but for the most part, Mm -hmm. the ones that you're going to be capturing and eating are about 8 to 12 inches. They've got this like super beautiful, like yellow green sheen to them. Mm-hmm. They've got this kind of golden back. They've got this like very spiky, like dorsal fin. They've got these seven vertical, like dark stripes down their body. I called them tiger fish growing up because I thought that they yeah, totally. like tigers. And then as they become adults, they have this like super beautiful, like orange, reddish pectoral fin and back fin. So they're just like this really beautiful, striking fish, amazingly beautiful species to look at. Like a lot of fish in the Midwest, I'm going to like trigger some people here. <laughs> they're kind of ugly. They're not really, they're not very beautiful to me, but like yellow perch are just like arts. They're like beautiful arts. Like I painted them. I've drawn them. They're like a fish that just sticks in your mind. I don't like they're just striking. You love them. Yep. I literally do. <laughs> That's awesome. So Guy, I know you brought up walleyes right away already. If they had a perch drop instead of a walleye drop, would you write it down any differently on New Year's given the anatomy or is these guys pretty similar? I think I'd have to position myself in that same spot, you know, assuming that you know, it's going to be scaled up to the same size. I wouldn't have to do anything different because it's got that perch shape to it where it's got those two dorsal fins. And Aaron was saying, you know, you got the really spiky front one and then the Mm -hmm. soft raid side there. And I'd also like to say, you know, what I'd do is I'd saddle on there. These things that, you know, we're calling them stripes and, you know, that's a perfectly fine way to call that in the vernacular. But 
for fish biologists, I'd properly call them saddles because they really start thick over the back and then they come down to a point before reaching the belly and they go over the back and are both sides there. So that's just one little thing. But I agree, you know, with your assessment of their beauty and especially when they get that bright orange there on their belly on those like the pelvic fins and down through the back there. That's like as soon as you pull it up, you can tell, oh, that's not a sunfish. That's definitely the yellow perch. My niece caught one when we were in Minnesota last year. And as soon as she got it up to the dock, she was like, oh, this one's pretty. <laughs> That's correct. It's really a unique color kind of for fishes. I mean, you don't see a lot of these bright yellow fishes in fresh water, really. But yeah, they're gorgeous. And I guess with that fin, I mean, you guys have both mentioned that spiky fin. So when I hold them, I like to kind of fold with them and bluegill or any kind of guys that have those spikes kind of fold that fin down because they can poke you. They can get you. They can get you real quick. I always like to know where a fish kind of sits with other fish. So we've talked about walleye. They look similar. They're bigger. There's some other fish that are closely related as well, like in the same family, at least the log perch, some darters. But yeah, you can kind of look at a fish and get an idea of maybe where it's positioned kind of in the family tree. But I think the genus is unique to the U.S. This is the only perca in the U.S. The yes. yellow perch is... Yes. So it's perca flavescens. Yeah. And th there's two other species. You got the balkosh perch, which is a lot of people don't recognize, you know, all this kind of micro endemism that kind of goes on over in those lakes over in Central Asia. So that's one of those. And then you got perca fluviantilis, something like that. It's the European perch, which looks about like the yellow perch. It just gets bigger. I went over there. I was over in like Norway and Finland and you're catching some like two, three pounders, mm -hmm. which you know, for a yellow perch would be wild. I don't remember what state, but I remember seeing like it was almost four pound yellow perch. And I was like, that is literally the biggest. That is a freak. That's a freak yellow perch. If you caught a 14 incher, like that would be huge. That would be a huge yellow perch. Yeah. Maybe I've caught a few that have been over 10 inches. I don't know if I've caught any yellow perch that have been over 12. I say these European ones are bigger. I think it's the longest standing U.S fish record is a yellow perch dates back to like 1865 yeah i i do wonder if there's any of that specimen left because you know people were bringing fish across the continents there that you know it could have been something of oh we brought in some of these european perch which get bigger and regularly hit that size so you know i don't want to cast any doubt yellow perch can get big but i'd be curious about that one so up there in Wisconsin, you know, it gets pretty cold. Are you fishing these mostly in the summer? Or are you doing a lot of ice fishing for them? When I grew up there, I was a big baby. And so anytime an ice fishing opportunity came about, I probably was whining and kicking and screaming to not do it. I did go ice fishing for perch a couple times, but I absolutely was a giant baby cry baby and didn't want to be there it's like my family regularly out ice fishes for perch most of the time most of my like perch fishing came in the summer and spring and mostly like a lot of people and the reason they call it the people's fish is because you can just get them really easily from shore they Were you just on a, like a little pier or yeah oh yeah shore? right yeah right from shore they hang out in like the grass beds and the shallows especially in the spring when they're spawning so they're super easy to catch right from a dock right from the shore sweet and you just throw in like a little jig or something or Typically, we would use live bait, some minnows, okay. worms, like they'll eat insect larvae. Opportunistic. They're very opportunistic. They don't discriminate. 
Yeah. They sort of are like panfish adjacent. When I think of panfish, I'm thinking of like your lipomids and stuff like that. But they, you know, they got that similar size, similar kind of meat coming off of them. And, you know, I fish them the same way like I would a sunfish where they'll hit small spinners. They'll hit small flies and stuff that you cast for them too. There's one time I was fishing for them out in Utah. Usually my experience has been when you find them, you can typically find a lot of them. And I found a school. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for triple digits today. I think I ended up <laughs> oh, uh, there for a couple hours. I caught like 125, 126 before just saying, I kept, I'd be like, all right, 25 on the fly rod. All right, switch back over to the spinners. Just every cast until I got bored. So, you know, when you find them, they're there. They hang out in those huge schools. My grandfather, who was like an avid angler and taught us everything that we knew about fishing, he knew all the spots where to go. He had no equipment. He had no modern day, you know, any kind of like the electronics that people use today to find schools and to find fish. He just knew like instinctively where they were. And so he would take us to these back road docks that were like falling apart or like places along some lake and He'd like, as we were like getting the perch, he'd be fishing for like the fish that were eating the perch. Because if you find a school of perch, you're going to find the predator fish. And so he'd be musky northern pike fishing. We'd be like fishing for perch. That's cool. Yeah, it seems like a really good kind of intro fish for kids to get interested in. Absolutely. Very much. Not only is it a great species like for kids to catch and stuff like that, but it is also a good intermediary forage fish, like you're saying, for if you got either bass or pike or something else. So it's, yeah, it's a good intermediate. It's a sport fish itself and then also supports larger sport fishes. So I think they're pretty cool. Katrina, what can you tell me about what's unique about this fish and how it reproduces? Yeah, so I was kind of thinking about this ahead of this episode and we end up talking about fish sex a lot on this show, essentially just because a lot of fish behavior is ultimately tied to reproduction. So I was just thinking about all the different strategies fish use to kind of set their offspring up for a really good chance of survival. So we've talked about like tons of tiny eggs, big nutritious eggs, adhering eggs to things, burying eggs. We've talked about poisonous green eggs, nest guarding, there's mouth guarding, there's live bearing. But perch have something unique among the North American fishes. And from what I can tell, it's actually pretty unique in freshwater across the world. They have these eggs that they lay in these jelly-like ribbons. And they end up kind of drifting around and then sticking to vegetation that's like submerged or underwater vegetation. And then the parents just kind of swim off and are like, see ya. Um, Terrible parents. Yeah, but I mean, they set them up and apparently it's working because, yeah, I mean, I just I think that's pretty cool that they have a very unique strategy. I don't know why more fish haven't kind of taken that on. I mean, you see that in some of the amphibian eggs and things like that, but it's pretty, pretty unique to this fish from what I understand. I read once that they think that there might be sort of a bad tasting chemical in perch Mm -hmm. eggs, which causes like predator fish or other like predators to not Like crayfish and different things, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah, which I thought was like, that's super interesting. I was reading that these strands can be like two to seven feet too. I can't really imagine these fish producing something that big, but yeah, I've never actually seen one in person. I don't know if you've ever seen one. I have actually. They're like really cool, long strips of just gelatinous, like Mm. just super cool. But in terms of thinking about why other fish, there's got to be some metabolic cost to producing something like that. You think about the 
fish within the same family, like your walleyes and your sauger and stuff like that, where they just broadcast, you know, not having to, they can put more energy into making the eggs themselves, making more eggs and things like that, and not having to produce all this extra material to go along with it. So, you know, certainly it's probably a trade-off, but it is surprising that there's only like these three freshwater fish species that do that. So Aaron, I kind of want to shift gears. You've caught your perch or your grandpa's caught your perch. One of your family members has gone ice fishing. You've stayed indoors. They bring you the perch. How do you go about turning this whole yellow stripey little 10 to 12 inch fish into a delicious meal? Well, not going to give you a lot of meat. It's a really tiny filet. So, you know, flay them up, put them in a beer batter, fry it up. That's typically how you would prepare it. Most of the time, your perch consumption is going to be at the Friday night fish fry, which if you (laughs) are from Wisconsin, Midwest, like Minnesota, your whole week is just looking forward to that around the Friday night fish fry. It's a super interesting tradition that like goes back, you know, like over 100 years in Wisconsin. It's rooted in like. Catholicism, it's rooted in prohibition, it's rooted in the fact that like yellow perch are this abundant resource in the state and it's rooted in fishing culture because Wisconsin is a huge fishing culture. So you have all of these things that kind of set up to form Friday night fish fries. There's a lot of Catholics there. And so Catholics, you know, were not allowed to eat meat on Fridays. (laughs) And so you were allowed to eat fish. And when the Catholic church actually came out and was like, you know what? You only have to not eat meat during Lent. So those mm-hmm. 40 days of Lent, no meat on Fridays. But it didn't matter. Like the tradition of eating fish on Fridays carried outside of the Lent because the tradition of eating fish fry was like already at that point, like just such like a big part of this community. It didn't matter where you were at in Wisconsin. The fish fry was just part of your week. It was part of like your community. The reason I call it the people's fish was because it was super abundant. Like it was just like one of the most like easiest fish to catch. It was cheap. It was abundant. Like you could go, you didn't need a boat to get it. It was easily accessible and it's delicious. Perch are delicious. They're super Mm -hmm. tasty. And then, so you have like prohibition starts back in like the twenties and thirties and every hole in the wall bar and tavern in Wisconsin needed to find ways to create money. And so they started these fish fries as a way to supplement their income. And so they started to serve up fried perch. Mm-hmm. And maybe while you were there, they snuck you a beer under the table. So that's why if you go to Wisconsin, every bar, every tavern, every like, every place has a Friday night fish fry. And if you're a really good Friday night fish fry, you're serving yellow perch. If I go home right now, I'm like, where do you guys want to go do fish fry? They'll be like, oh, well, uh, you know, we should probably go to like Old Joe's Tavern because they're still serving <laughs> perch over there. Because unfortunately, like the perch fishery has sort of collapsed in the Midwest. So it's really kind of rare to find a Friday night fish fry place that's serving yellow perch. I guess that means that there was at least at one point a commercial fishery yeah. for yellow perch that was going on. Because oh, yeah. as, as you were going and talking, I'm trying to figure out, okay, is this fish fry... Is it like a communal thing where everyone goes out and they catch their their bag limit for perch and they bring it and they do it? Or is, but it sounds like it's more like, okay, there's venues that are uh, commercial operations that bring in this fish. The Great Lakes themselves, the Great Lakes proper, that's like a big complex system. They have a ton of invasives that come in, you know, between all the kind of non-native fish and then the mussels and the spiny water fleas. But in terms of like 
that versus some local lakes and little areas throughout the Midwest and beyond. I mean, people can still catch it on their own. We're talking commercial fishery in the Great Lakes for these fish fries yes, right now. Yep, exactly. Yeah, people, yeah. yeah, you can still. It's not hard to find a yellow perch. You'll hear a lot of theories, but a lot of researchers think that, yeah, it's like invasive warming waters, yep. things like that, that are kind of causing the population decline for fish. With that decline, have you seen any shifts when you go home in terms of what's being served? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, you know, Traditionally, like it would be perch, it would be walleye. That was like your main staple. Every once in a while, you'd find pike. That was kind of an unusual mm. one, but you'd find that one too. Smell was a big one. But over the years, with the decline of the fishery, you know, the menu definitely has changed. And so you go to a Friday night fish fry and it's cod or mm. haddock. Um, so it's not necessarily a fish that's from there for sure. If it is yellow perch, it's probably either farm yellow perch or it's brought in from Lake Erie because the Lake Erie fishery hasn't, you know, been decimated yet. There's still, it's still a pretty productive yellow perch fishery. So yeah, for sure. Like the menu, you'll look at your Friday night fish fry and it'll be like the cod fish fry will be like nine bucks. And then the perch fish fry will be like 17. Oh, dang. So, so a lot of restaurants don't serve it anymore just because it's way more expensive. And it's like a really nice white Flaky meat. I mean, cod is kind of similar, but yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you want to talk about the most perfect fish meat, so perch is like a little bit firm, but it's flaky. It's got the perfect amount of fat. It's got your omega threes, like more than cod. It's sweet. It's like the tastiest fish I've ever eaten. It's a fish for people who don't like fish. What are some good like sides? What do you eat with these fish? So you mentioned, oh. did you say beer batter fried? Katrina, I'm so glad that you asked. Because there is like some main things that come with a Friday night fish fry. Okay, I'm gonna throw this out there. You go to the American Legion because every American Legion in every town in Wisconsin has a fish fry. <laughs> it's usually the best one. Um, and you go, you go to your perch dinner anywhere you go. This is what it's gonna come with. It's gonna come with a piece of rye bread. It's gonna come with coleslaw. It's going to come with a wedge of lemon, a thing of tartar sauce, and depending on where you are, it could be a potato pancake. Or it could be like a little side of applesauce. Ah. That's your Friday night fish fry right there. The first time that my wife came home with me, I was trying to explain to her. I was like, oh, we're going to go to this fish fry. It's like a thing. And she's like kind of confused. She's like, I don't even I don't even understand. Like, why is it such a big deal with your family? I was like, you'll see. And so we took her to some like hole in the wall place, like down like some, you know, dirt road. And it's like poorly lit and hard to get to. And so we get there and I was like, you're getting the perch because she had never eaten it before. And so it comes out and it's, you know, these little tiny fillets and they're beer battered. Mm -hmm. It's got like all of her little like coleslaw and, you know, and tartar sauce and everything. And she like bites into it. And she's just like, it was like watching like someone take drugs. It was just like, <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing. This is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. And so she became obsessed with like perch. And so now every time we go home to visit my family, she's like, where are we going to fish fry? Where are we going mm. to eat perch? <laughs> where was she from originally where she didn't have perch before? She grew up in Virginia and lived a lot of her life in like rural Virginia. So she did not grow up in fishing culture at all. She did not grow up eating perch. And yeah, that's Virginians, why they don't know nothing about fish, do they? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. No, she didn't. <laughs> I'm from Virginia too. Yeah, I was, I was just trying <laughs> and to I didn't eat perch. I didn't do perch fries growing up. 
So sorry, Katrina. I'm so sorry. I found some perch in some weird places. I'll be honest. You know, down North Carolina in the Sand Hills, Blackwater systems. I was fishing. I was looking for Sand Hills chub last year. And all of a sudden, yellow perch. Down here in Georgia, I'm like in the Piedmont. South of me, I have found yellow perch. And they're these little stunted things. They go all the way up into Canada, different provinces. I mean, they're Great Slave Lake, a bunch of McKinsey River. I mean, they have a really wide range. Pretty Man, well. they can literally like live anywhere. I mean, they don't like, you know, like fast moving rivers, obviously, but they're really like, they're hardy. Like you'll find them like, just, like sandy bottoms, muddy bottoms, like grassy places, like shallow, mm-hmm. deep, like it, they're kind of everywhere. I was fishing for bass when I was in Washington state once and I got a little yellow perch and I was like, what? What are you doing here? <laughs> I did not expect to find you here. Cool. Do you have anything else you want to cover about this fish that we're, we're missing? Here? Not what I can think of. I think I've shared the cultural experience of the Friday mm-hmm. Night Fish Fry for Wisconsin pretty so. in depth. Yeah. yeah. That was something I, I wasn't expecting to come from this conversation, but I'm really glad that we were able to hit on because I thought that was fascinating. It seems like fish really have the ability to bring people together around Definitely. food more Definitely. so than i mean more so than a lot of the other animals yeah for sure fish definitely kind of yeah really build out cultures and draw people to certain places and things like that so they're super cool i feel like a part of that probably has to do with the fact that you know fish are still coming from you know wild caught fisheries in a sense as opposed to you know all the other animals that are kind of agriculturally raised and mm-hmm. so you know you, you only find these certain fish in certain places. And so you have this connection with the landscape and yep. therefore you get this camaraderie with your kind of kinsmen and your local communities that are all eating the same fish that you can't get in other parts of the world. Whereas, you know, beef, pork, turkey, it's very chicken. disconnected, it's, that whole kind of supply chain with that. Yeah, you're just going to the store and getting that. It's kind yep. of related to that whole point that Paul Greenberg made in Four Fish that as you, you get efficient... You kind of cull out those things that are deficient, but with fisheries and eating fish, because it's coming from the wild, you just have these local species going forward. You know, when you look at aquaculture and stuff, you know, it's starting to become salmon and tilapia and it's getting winnowed down. But for now, we can still appreciate the yellow perch and local fishes. They're beautiful, delicious, and they're just tasty and my favorite fish. Awesome. Well, Perfect. Thanks for joining Thank you, Aaron. us. Yeah. yeah, thanks so much. All right, well, get out there and enjoy all the fish, especially the yellow perch. Thanks for listening to Fish of the Week. My name is Katrina Liebeck, and my co-host is Guy Iro. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Race Car. Produced and story edited by Tasha A.F. Lemley. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Post-production by Alex Brower. Fish of the Week is a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Regional Office of External Affairs. We honor, thank, and celebrate the whole community, individual tribes, states, our sister agencies, fish enthusiasts, scientists, and others who have elevated our understanding and love as people and professionals of all the fish. You know how many fish, at least according to Wikipedia, are currently considered within the order Persiformes? Oh, no, I don't know that. Over 10,000. 
Yeah. <laughs> like a third of known fishes are currently lumped under the order Persiformes. <laughs> yeah, that's not even like useful. No, it's not. <laughs> huh.